You're listening to the Jets Nation Podcast. Hey, I'm Cody Bueller, joined by my brother Kyle. Today on the Jets Nation Podcast, we're going to be talking about the Josh Morrissey watch. Still no contract, and we're going to take a look at what else is up this summer for Chevy. So starting things off, Kyle, uh, with segment number one. Uh, It's been a couple of weeks. How's your summer been going so far? Yeah, so far, so good. We've taken a few weeks off here, and uh, the reason why we did that is because there's been essentially zero news uh, since about the July 1st period. There was a whole rash of signings in the window of the uh, arbitration days, but since then, really nothing going on in the Jets' front. No news, uh, no Line A extensions, no Wheeler extensions. Essentially all quiet on Winnipeg Jets news. So getting a little bit of a break, I've been going to the beach going camping, trying to just get out and enjoy warm weather while we have it. Don't get it for a very long period here in Manitoba, so let's try and take advantage of that. But I've definitely been missing sports. Summer is my least favorite time for the world of sports. Don't really enjoy watching golf on TV. Don't enjoy baseball. I love football and hockey. So I'm starting to get ready for fantasy football. Fantasy hockey just around the corner. Uh, I don't know. Are you going to be in a couple of drafts again this year, I'm assuming? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I was looking back at my history. I have a really strong history in my pools, especially with some of my buddies. Uh, I won back-to-back championships a few years ago. I've been in the top three, I think, every single year. I keep trying to get my buddies to bet money on the pool. As of right now, it's a free pool. <laughs> so I would have been raking in the cash the last four or five years. Uh, every year, I try to convince them. I see why they say no, because I've been cleaning up. Uh, I'll try to convince them again. But yeah, fantasy hockey, always looking forward to it. Fantasy football as well coming up. Um, the basketball season's right around the corner. That's my other thing uh, in, in winter. So yeah, it's definitely a time to relax now. Uh, but you mentioned there wasn't much going on in summer, and that's true. But I was watching the World Junior Summer Showcase. I was watching the Helenka Gretzky Tournament, uh, the next generation of stars. There's going to be an awful lot of good um, good players for the, for the Jets. There's a few at the Summer Showcase and a few good Canadians coming up as well that we saw uh, in those tournaments. That makes me really excited because I'm a very proud Canadian. Uh, I love to be from Canada. I, and I was actually researching, I think I'm like a fourth, fifth, maybe even sixth generation Canadian. Our family has been here for a long time. And so uh, I'm very proud to be Canadian. Love cheering on Team Canada at any of these international events, hockey, whether it's at the Olympics, doesn't matter what, always cheering for Canada. And it's great to see uh, the national pride kind of welling up in me as we have some of these great players and great teams at these types of showcases and just continues uh, to show that Canada is the best at hockey. I love being able to say that too. I love saying that too, but the interesting thing is here, maybe we're going to get into this a little bit, is the drought of Canada going number one in the NHL draft. So if you're looking back at the last number of seasons now, it's going to be three years um, as of next year that a Canadian has not been picked first overall. And Jack Hughes is supposed to be number one next season. Also not Canadian, another American. I believe he's from uh, Florida or around there, the southern states. So you have Austin Matthews from the southern states as well. So now there's these southern Americans coming in, taking those number one spots um, as well. Um, we see a lot of the... So it's three years all right now in a row already. Rasmus Dahlin, Nico Hishier, and Austin Matthews. Right. So yes. three years in a and row, it's been a non-Canadian. And, and this I, next year, it could be four in a row. And I believe it's been three years in a row, one other time in history. I think in the late 80s, early 90s, there was one other period. Um, but yeah, it could be four years in a row, and I believe that is unprecedented. Um, but two years down the road, Alexis Lafreniere is supposed to be very good coming up. Um, but yeah, just an interesting time. I would still consider Canada the, the the number one country in hockey, but 
when you're not getting these high-end prospects, and, and even if you look in the top five, there's hardly a Canadian in sight in these last couple drafts, uh, with a lot of Finnish players like Line A and Pui Yarvi coming in and Koken Yemi and all, and all those players. So just an interesting time for, for hockey in general, and I think it's a good thing for the sport. Yeah, no, that's fine. I'm all on board, but I will always be cheering for Canada and cheering for our Canadians to do well as far as that goes. But either way, I'm still always on board for drafting the best player available. I have no bias as far as that goes when it comes to taking players. Uh, obviously, I would lean towards Canadian, just being Canadian, but take the best player. When yeah. it comes to draft. And we're, we're very far from the draft right now and that we're in the middle of summer. So you're just kind of reaching for topics, if you will. And the last thing I want to mention, though, before okay. we move on to Josh Morrissey, uh, the, the summer showcase going on actually had two Winnipeg Jets players that have been drafted by the Winnipeg Jets. Neither of them are on the Canadian team, like we just kind of discussed. Uh, but it's actually Dylan Sandberg playing for the Americans and recently drafted David Gustafsson playing for Sweden, uh, our second round pick the first pick for the Winnipeg Jets in the second round of, the, of this last draft. So actually two guys playing in this showcase. So it was nice to see these guys. Uh, I wrote an article on jetsnation.ca. You can go check it out, see how these guys performed in their limited uh, time in, in the three or four game um, tournament at the summer showcase. But di- both Dylan Sandberg and Gustafson actually playing there. So there is there is people playing in the Jets organization during the summer days, which is good. Uh, I think Shevel Dayoff, uh, I imagine he was watching at least some of it and, and talking to these guys and that sort of thing. Uh, good reports on both those guys. They both had strong tournaments and they could definitely both turn into uh, potential AHLers or NHLers down the road. Yeah, no, I actually read your piece. It is excellent. Uh, not being biased. Uh, check it out if you ha- haven't read it yet already. Uh, a really good read because honestly, we don't get a lot of reports and we don't get a lot of details on those players, guys like Gustafson and Sandberg, the big guys, Connor, Roslevic, even like Appleton, some of the big headlining prospects, they get a lot of coverage. But some of those other guys, seeing them come along, there's not a lot of stuff you can read on them. Great piece there. Check it out on Jets Nation. But what we do want to get to in this first segment is Josh Morrissey. Uh, his contract has yet to be signed. We're already to August 15th, halfway through the month. Think teams are going to start thinking about training camps shortly. I know Junior A, they start up a little bit sooner. Uh, their training camps at the end of August already. The NHL a little bit later. They'll start training camps in September and then get ready for the start of the season in October. Uh, but getting as we get closer, are you getting nervous at all, Kyle, about no Josh Morrissey contract? No, I'm not nervous at all. And the reason why I'm not nervous is because I think the, the narrative has changed as to what Morrissey's deal was going to be. And the reason why I say that, my my point is this. At the start of the summer, the hope was to sign Truba to a long-term deal. And at that point, it was also to retain Paul Stastny. If that was going to happen, Morrissey was most likely going to have to take a bridge deal to save a little bit of money in the short term to make this all work. It it was going to be really tight. So I think the initial goal was to sign Morrissey to a potential bridge, maybe two years, two to two and a half million dollars, something like that, just a, a slight bridge deal to cover Stastny's contract until that goes up and that sort of thing. Well, that whole narrative has shifted drastically. Stastny goes to Vegas, Truba gets arbitration only one year. So now the Jets are stuck with no defenseman beyond Dustin Bufflin's song to a lo- signed to a long-term deal. So maybe at the start of summer... Well, Tucker Pullman did sign three years, but... Yes, but beyond that, right. there, there's yep. nothing. So... My thought is, Dayoff was trying to sign Morrissey to maybe a shorter-term deal at the start of summer if Truba was going to be the big signing. But now if Truba's not going to be the big signing, 
it's now shifted to Morrissey getting that long-term deal. And I think that's why there's maybe this delay in this contract being signed. Yeah, and there's always a lot of moving parts. We don't know what's going on with Kevin Sheveldayoff. Is he trying to shop Tyler Myers and maybe Dmitry Kulikov? Is he trying to bring in another piece? Is he still trying to work on other uh, minor league contracts? There's still things that he can be doing that maybe this Morrissey contract he wants to kind of fit in. And we don't know how much they're talking. Maybe Morrissey had a big trip planned. Maybe, like, there are other factors. I, I doubt holidays are a factor when it comes to this kind of thing. But there are other things to consider uh, as we make our way through the summer. I think it's going to be one of those things where all of a sudden, we're just going to, there's going to be no real news. All of a sudden, one afternoon, Pierre Lebrun's going to be saying something like, oh, I hear rumblings. Morrissey's talking with Kevin Sheveldayoff. Then you'll go on Twitter. It'll be just full. And then you'll have like half an hour later, a new contract for Josh Morrissey, just kind of like randomly spit out into the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And at this point in the summer, most of the insiders are on holidays and they're not watching their phones very closely after the July 1st rush and that sort of thing. So a lot of times you see the news come out, but there is no really insiders outletting the news. It's it's the one post. There it is. That's the deal. And I think you're exactly right. That's what we're going to see from Morrissey. Um, as far as what do we want to sign him for? I think we should sign him for the long term. And that's maybe our next segment is what should the actual contract look like? Okay, so Kyle, segment number two, what should that contract look like? If you're signing Josh Morrissey right now, and maybe they're working on the paperwork as we speak, we have no idea. What are you signing for? What kind of deal does that look like? So the first thing I do when I look to see any player's potential new contract is I look at the comparables. That's a common one. We did that with Jacob Truba, found out he's probably worth in the $5.5 million range over five or six years, tons of comparables. Well, I wanted to do that with Josh Morrissey as well. What are his comparables signing for that we can give maybe a glimpse of what he might sign? Um, So just looking at a few brief comparables, Brandon Montour is one year older, signed a new deal this summer for two years at $3.4 million per season. He had similar points, a little bit more points actually for Brandon Montour. Uh, Dougie Hamilton considerably scores considerably more than Morrissey, has about 5.75 million per season. Um, Jonas Brodeen was another comparable, signed at just over four. Um, but the two guys I think were maybe the most similar to Josh Morrissey. So Brett Pesh out of Carolina, he's 23 years old, same as Morrissey, coming off his ELC, same as Morrissey. Had 20 points, 19 points compared to Morrissey's 23 and 26. So very similar points in his first three seasons. He just signed a new deal for just over $4 million for six seasons. I think that's the biggest comparable for Morrissey right now. A six-year deal, $4 million per season, I think gets it done. Uh, Is he a right-shot defenseman or a left-shot defenseman? Uh, Does it really matter? Well, there is something to be said. A lot of players do get slightly more if they are right-shot defensemen. And we have seen uh, right-shot come at a premium for some teams, especially when it comes to free agency. But overall, probably doesn't matter a whole lot. Especially on the Jets when you're overloaded with a right-shot, you're almost looking at a premium for a left-shot in that regard. Uh, The other comparable, I think most similar, is Marco Scandella. Had very similar points to Josh Morrissey at around the same age. He signed a five-year deal um, two years after his ELC. So he kind of took a bridge deal and then signed a five-year deal. And that was also 4 million. So we see two of the biggest comparables for Josh Morrissey, each signing four year or $4 million per season for a longer term deal. So I think that's exactly what needs to get done. You want to sign Josh Morrissey up for probably six years. 
I would say try to get him at that four million mark and hope he blossoms into somebody who could potentially run a power play or who gets that offensive side and really um, makes us a value contract down the road. Uh, just to note, uh, Pesci is a right shot defenseman and Scandella, who we just talked about, Scandella, right? Yeah. Uh, left shot defenseman. Scandella slightly older. Uh, he's already 28 years old. But when uh, he signed his contract, he was 24. Right. He's in, his but, four, he's in his fourth year of that deal. But the league changes a lot in four years, and contract values can change. But I, yes. yeah, so, I get so the So if you comparable. up it a little bit, maybe uh, the four and a half range, but he was also two years removed from his ELC, so that also factors in. He maybe was worth a little bit more because he had that experience, which is why I figured those two were kind of the ballpark range. No, I I definitely get you, and I know uh, Kulikov's on a contract right now for 4.33, and Morrissey, if he was on a contract like that, though, it would be a huge steal. Morrissey's way better defenseman than Kulikov is. And so when you just kind of look at those two, uh, that's a much better deal for Morrissey opposed to Kulikov if they're going to be coming in at the same value hit for at least the next two seasons. Yeah, and, and that's the tough part for the Winnipeg Jets is because you have a guy like Kulikov there. You also have a guy like Tyler Myers at 5.75. So is Morrissey better than Myers? Well, probably so should he be making four when Tyler Myers is making almost six? Well, you can argue Tyler Myers' contract is awful, and I think it is. And you could argue the same thing with Kulikov. Well, exactly, but where do you fit these these guys in? And I think that's going to be the issue going forward. With Shifley on a long-term, friendly deal, you're going to have other guys wanting more than that $6 million mark. Maybe a guy like Kyle Connor wants maybe a little bit more. Well, is he better than Shifley? Well, no. But just the due to the nature of the deal, maybe he he gets more. Line A is obviously going to be more than that six million dollar mark. Is he that much better than Ehlers? Is he that much better than Shifley? Exactly. Well, well yeah. maybe not. And that's the issue for Dayoff is when you get those team friendly contracts, trying to fit those other guys in because they think they should be worth more when you maybe don't want to pay that money. Yeah, exactly. And so that's going to be kind of interesting how they fit that all in. I think the team-friendly deals help when Dayoff's signing more because it's just like, look, Shifley's only making six. I think we should be able to get you for less. That can help. But when Kulikov's making 4.3, it doesn't help your negotiations with Josh Morrissey. So again, still got to wait and see on that. And so as we make our way through this podcast, uh, one last segment, we're going to take a look at what else is going on for Chevy this summer. All right, so taking a look at what Chevy's got left to do this summer, other than going fishing and hitting the links, maybe watching uh, Mark Shifley at the Pro-Am going on in Winnipeg. Uh, good luck to Mark. Uh, you, you heard about that, I'm assuming? Yeah, I think he's actually teeing off. I, th- but I believe he's already teed off, actually, for uh, for the tournament coming on. But uh, So I don't know if he's going to be scouted for his golf skills, but uh, good luck. We wish him all the best. And so now, uh, what else do you have on uh, Chevy's plate for the summer? Well, well, there isn't much. As of right now, you could take everybody signed, and you could outfit an entire roster. And you're good. You could easily play, and you would have a solid lineup with everybody you have signed currently. The only guy left that you have to sign is Josh Morrissey for, uh, for guys who actually play. Beyond that, the work is pretty much done for Shevel Dayoff. And I mean, the only guys not signed other than Morrissey is Comrie, uh, Kerdillis, and Lapon. And that's it. So Comrie might battle for the backup position with Brassois. We'll see what happens in training camp. But those other guys are AHL players. And that's all Chevy has to do for the rest of the summer. So maybe he can kick his feet up and kind of relax once he gets the Morrissey deal done. I don't know if you saw on Twitter there, there was a new uh, new handle, uh, Chevy Dancing, 
and it was uh, a video of him, I believe, at some sort of event earlier this summer, uh, busting out a couple moves. It's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> like the, actually dancing, like not no Photoshop, no tricks. No, actually dancing, um, and they were setting it to all different types of music and uh, multiple posts. It was a blast. I was killing myself laughing, and it was hilarious. Uh, kudos to whoever made that. I thought it was great. Um, so that's what Chevrolet Elf was doing, maybe. But still, a little bit of work to be done, but not much because he's done most of it already. Yeah, and so when you take a look at these minor deals, if Cordillis and Lapine don't get signed, it's not the end of the world. These are kind of depth players on the moose. They're not even your high-end moose players for this next season. No, guys like uh, Spacek, he's going to be important. Appleton's probably going to be on the moose again. Uh, we see... Uh, there's a lot of other guys on the moose right now. We talked about Skylar McKenzie before on defense. And there's guys who are just kind of like staples. Nelson Nogier, I, there's no really threat of him moving up or down. And so basically the players left to sign are basically window dressing uh, for the Winnipeg Jets uh, organization. Just trying to fill out rosters. Do you see him signing anybody else? I really don't see him adding to the NHL roster. Uh, I think they're going to just kind of promote from within. Christian Veselainen, I think, is the only other one he's going to want to work on. Just kind of see where he's at and whether or not he's potentially wanting to come over to North America. Yeah, I totally agree. There's not much for free agents left, at least not anybody that would add to the roster. And I find it interesting uh, right now in some of the other sports going on, uh, specifically football, some of the guys being released or guys that are not signed to contracts, uh, all-star caliber players that are just left without a job, maybe due to an attitude, due to whatever. I'm thinking specifically about Deron Carter being uh, released from Saskatchewan, but Des Bryant as well in the NFL. You have these players that are free agents, but nobody's willing to to actually take a shot at them. And as far as I'm aware, there's not really anybody like that in the NHL. I'm wondering, though, if there's maybe this cultural shift going on across North American sports that it's not worth it to have some of these guys on your roster with a negative publicity. And I'm wondering if that might creep into the NHL and may, might make the NHL even more tight-lipped than they already are. Guys not willing to have fun, guys not willing to speak out, that sort of thing. Kind of my last... Uh, <laughs> Looking at free agents, who would you pick up or who would you not? Well, there's nobody that you would like take a flyer on like a Des Bryant in the NHL. That that just hasn't really happened yet. Maybe it will in the future, but as of right now, there's nobody that you, you need to grab because of his skill. That's the thing about professional sports, and we see that in the NFL because of the talent level that's there, is that there's so many players replaceable especially in the NFL with injuries and turnover and they just have so many athletes coming from college that the difference between elite and the uh, the not quite elite is so fine and so small and especially between the starters and the non-starters I think is the the smallest gap the guys in the or in, let's can go back to the NHL but the guys on the third and fourth lines on most NHL teams, the difference between those guys and the high-end guys in the AHL, there's not a lot of difference. And some of the high-end guys in Europe, there's not a great difference between some of those guys. And I think because the NFL has so many players and guys coming out of college, they just have such a big talent pool to pull from. If a guy isn't pulling his own weight and isn't wanting to be part of the team, you have somebody to replace him. I think the NHL doesn't quite have that depth to draw from because there is still a jump from the NHL and NHL. And I did say before it was close, but there's not quite that same depth to just be able to drop. And it's starting to become more and more. 
every year we see the the gap gets smaller between the best and the worst. And that's why we don't see as many dynasties anymore, because it is so tight. That's why there can be such a turnover from year to year. That's why a team can go from missing the playoffs to making the playoffs, because sometimes it is just injuries, bounces, and the margin is so small. Yeah, exactly. And it's tougher to find that replacement player for your first line than it is for those depth lines, like you said. The high-end talent maybe isn't quite there compared to that jump from AHL to fourth line isn't maybe as big. And like you said, in the NFL, there is so many guys just waiting waiting in the wings compared to hockey. Um, that being said, there isn't a ton of guys coming over from the um, professional leagues in Europe. Um, there's not a tons of guys that come from the AH or KHL or the Swedish Elite League, things like that. So th- there is maybe less risk for an NHL player because there isn't as many guys to take your spot. So maybe you can afford to to have an attitude or, or something well, like that. there is guys to take their spot. Yeah. But you're right. It's not the, quite the same as the NFL where it's quite as easily replaceable. Yeah, so I, I don't know really where we're going with this, but it's kind of just an interesting topic, an interesting thing to look at. Well, my point was there's nobody as a free agent that has that can't-miss talent. No, that, not anymore. That, that has that talent to play like a Des Bryant would. Would Des Bryant be the best receiver on some NFL teams? Yes. Would Deron Carter be one of the best wide receivers on some CFL teams? Yes. And guys are not picking up these players. There's nobody in the NHL that is just a can't-miss free agent with a bad bad attitude, bad history. There's nobody like that to pick up. So there's no point in even taking a flyer pick. You just got to work and promote from within. That's my point. There's no point in going to free agency to try to search out one of those players. Fair enough. All right. Well, if there's anything else you want us to touch on this summer, uh, hit us up on Twitter at Jets and Podcast. Could be a couple more weeks before our next show. Hopefully, we'll get some Josh Morrissey news here soon, and we'll have a little bit more to cover. But you've been listening to the Jets Nation Podcast. Find all of the Jets Nation podcasts at JetsNation.ca.